This week's episode is presented by Elite Pool Tile Cleaning. If you are a fan of the podcast, you would remember a couple of episodes ago, I had Darren on to discuss the facilitation of the wildfire relief that we did for the campfire in Butte County. Uh, Darren was uh, essential in getting the trucks facilitated and the volunteers going, and and uh, I had the pleasure to ride up with him and uh, deliver the goods up to uh, Chico for those in need. But now he's actually joining forces with the Rad Vertising Army. Army, and Darren is the owner of Elite Pool Tile Cleaning. And if you are not aware of what he does, most people don't call Elite Pool Tile Cleaning because they don't even know that the service is available. Despite their 13 years of experience in the greater Sacramento area, once you're booked, Elite cleans the tile using environmentally safe glass beads at a low air pressure. The calcium buildup is destroyed, leaving the tile surface undamaged and beautiful again. And when Elite Pool Tile Cleaning is done, you're good to swim in your beautifully clean pool right away. At the average cost of $5 per foot, it's a lot less less expensive than replacing your tile, something too many pool owners have felt forced to do. So head over to ElitePoolTileCleaning.com and while there, check out the amazing before and after pics. Then get your appointment for a free estimate scheduled online or by calling 916-714-POOL. That's 916-714-POOL. Now is the time to get your pool swim weather ready. Just a few hours this winter will make it beautiful for years to come. ElitePoolTileCleaning.com. That's ElitePoolTileCleaning.com. And also brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www.tech2u.com. Tech2U.com. That's tech, the number two, U.com. Or call 888-340-8324. That's 888-340-8324 for Tech2U. The Rad The Rad Broadcast. Check, check, check. Check three, four. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Are you in? Mm-hmm. 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 Is it in yet? I don't know. <laughs> Is it yours? That's the worst type of I, I uh, <laughs> response you can get to that question. I think I, I, I don't have to ask if it's yours. Is it yours? I mean, well, if it's yours, then no. <laughs> not at it's all. It's not in yet. If it, I literally just said, if it's yours, I don't have to ask if it's in or not. I know. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Rad Podcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rad Radio Show. And as you can hear, I have my lovely wife, Mrs. Brandon, joining me today because we have a uh, vacation to recap. I took the week off last week and uh, didn't get you guys a new episode of the podcast because, you know, sometimes I need a break too. Um, and I know that the wife was elated because I normally never take time off and always have some sort of work to do. Um, I made him reschedule something. I don't remember what it was. I think it was like a tech to you meeting or something. It was. That he had it like scheduled like middle of the last week. Tuesday and, of, of our vacation. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I got free time. I might as well just take advantage of a, I of a love renewal you. meeting. I, I, I love your business sense and your drive and your initiative. But Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I know. Have so, a break. We did take a break, and I, I did have a great time. It was nice to get away. Um, do you need a, do you need a tissue? I'm sorry. Yeah, that, no, my nose for is... that loogie coming out of your nose. I know. My nose has been running all day. 
I sniffed so hard earlier that my my left nostril got stuck to the side of my like it sucked in and then it got. Did you have stuck. to pry it off? No, I just stopped breathing in really hard. No, oh. common sense. <laughs> common sense. Sense. Ayo. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, he so, had to spend a week with me, you guys. Yeah, I need a I need a vacation <laughs> from her. So after uh, after we got off the air last Friday uh, before our vacation. Uh, we actually ended up taking the dogs up to Dogwoods Resort, and they spent the majority of our vacation hanging out with Teresa up there. About and five, six days, five yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. So they, uh, Walter, the Tree and Walker Coon Hound, and Opie, the six-month-old German Shepherd, um, both went up together. And this was Opie's first time at mm-hmm. Dogwoods Resort, and it's uh, I'm proud to announce that she had a stellar report card from she Teresa. Did. She did really good with everybody. So and, uh, proud of her. I'm looking forward to seeing the pictures from yeah. uh, from their encounters because apparently Opie, who's six months old, she's a German Shepherd, so she's about, I don't know, 40, 50 pounds, right? Well, I think she's about 45 right yeah. now, so if she's, that. She's mid-sized dog. She's and halfway there. I told you, she's probably not going to be more than 80 pounds. Apparently, she made best friends with a giant Great Dane. Not surprised. Uh, which the Great Dane, who's massive, was named Tweety. I don't know. I, I think so. Something Tweety or Tiny or something, but something that uh, it's, doesn't really fit the dog's personality Naturally. Or, or, or size. I don't know about the personality, but the size. I was going to say. I mean, you could have a you could have a, a scaredy bird, cat, bird brained Great Dane, yeah, right? Yeah. Like. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those photos. And while they were away, um, while it is nice to get away from the dogs, it's like I think the next day we ended up missing them, especially Opie. I because, was having a hard time with Opie because uh, getting get away from your dogs or kids people hate when we compare dogs to kids but our puppies are uh, our fur children i don't so. give a fuck what other people say or how they think i think about my animals because they're mine <laughs> i'm just saying a lot of people don't like comparing their their kids to animals, i think they're but. jealous because they have kids and like you don't know and it's like well or, i'm sorry that you can't put yours in a cage and on a leash that's what i was gonna ask do you think and that, that they talk back like i think it's jealousy i really do because they can't put their kids in cages yeah they can but it's it's not legal well they shouldn't tell anybody if they do <laughs> <laughs> it's bad don't do that okay um so this we, is why i'm not a parent uh, yeah this is why we we keep you on the broadcasts because you could probably say some stuff that might get us in trouble on the regular radio i don't want to be on the regular radio <laughs> <laughs> regular radio is not ready for me nope <laughs> so we uh so w- while we were away we uh were missing the puppies especially opie because you know she's a puppy and we spend a lot of time with her so it was, it was actually our nice. first night away from her yeah, and it was it was glorious. We got to sleep in, uh, but we didn't sleep in too late because no. we actually ended up going up to Reno on uh, Saturday because we had a a comedy show to go to. Yeah, this was a com- we did a comedy tour ourselves. This whole this whole vacation was centered around comedy somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was not necessarily intentional because we didn't get the Russell Peters tickets. Who we went and saw. In yeah, Reno. we didn't know until we didn't get those tickets until the last minute, and then we we decided, I think, what in the last the week before we left for um, our second leg of the trip. Which Honestly, was, I think it was like it was like Wednesday or Thursday where I was like, "Fuck it, I'm pulling the trigger. Yeah, days, I just need to go somewhere." Days and timing really don't translate on you know on, on these recordings, but you know it was just it was last minute decision that we decided we well, would go to LA yeah. and figure and, it's three or four days prior to our trip that we finally just pulled the trigger and booked yeah. a hotel. We we knew that we wouldn't have to worry about the dogs yeah. and the cats are self-contained in their, in their own 
in the house and everything. So we uh, we decided to do this comedy tour. We ended up in Reno. We had um, a wonderful dinner at uh, oh, La Strada. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. The, we you haven't been to La Strada. I'm sorry. La Strada is located in the El Dorado Casino. There's there's some really great restaurants up there in Reno all along the row. And it's kind even, of tucked away too. It's which like, is nice. It's it's nice little tucked away little yeah. corner restaurant. It's very well lit. It's, it's, it's not, one of those, um, but kind of like, I guess it's like a fine dining. It is a fine. Hold on. I was just going to say, right? I was seeing where you were going with that. It is a fine dining. And if you show up dressed poorly, um, they will put you either. They'll either deny they'll you or you put, you in a, put you in a jacket. Like yeah. it's, it's one of those places. They, I don't know if they still do that anymore. Hmm. Um, I know that the first time I ever ate there, one of the reasons we couldn't get in is because they were booked and none of us had jackets. Like we were not oh. dressed to be eating there. So we, they told us we could go eat in the bar and order <laughs> some of the food. From, I was like, all right, I know my place. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know if they still exercise that. I wonder if that's still a thing in a lot of places. I don't know. We don't have that problem because we don't dress like slobs. Well, so. that's true. But I, I also wasn't dressed to the nines. Like I, I was still. You were put a, together, though. Yeah, but it was still a sweater and jeans. Like you it were still in a sweater, though. Yeah, it wasn't. It you wasn't. didn't show up in an oversized yeah. gang T-shirt or like car club T-shirt with dice on the back of it. That's true. Pants oh, hanging yeah. down around below your ass. So Big all in dog seat T-shirt. Yeah, 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 precisely. Like you actually put. They know the difference when you put effort into actually looking good. That's true. Like you shaved your face yeah. and you cut your hair and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we enjoyed a, a, a lovely dinner and we actually ordered stuff that's kind of like off the board for oh, us. Oh, yeah. Which was oh, fun. Like uh, I know the uh, the appetizer was um, octopus. octopus, barbecued octopus. Yeah. Barbecued yeah. or braised. Oh, or so. oh God. So, and like, it, it was like almost the bottom half of a, of a large octopus it was, on a plate. It, well, it was delicious. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the lower ends of the tentacles. Right. Which is what you eat on the octopus. I'm a. I actually have some octopus in my fridge right now. No joke. That's this is one of my favorite snacks. It's what when I go to sushi, it's taco, 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 taco nigiri. Um, any kind of octopus. We had it on our wedding night when we were in um in Kauai, Kauai with Rob and Christina. We ordered that. I mean, I I never forget a good slab of octopus. But it was it was like the four. So at the very end, they curl when you heat them. The the tentacles actually curl up into these coils and so they were basically like four small coils and they were done so well it was on a bed of uh, couscous mm-hmm. uh, like a couscous kind of salad um, they almost tasted like barbecued chicken thighs like the texture the so ta- true. they were so, so good. good it was just oh mouth-wateringly God. good and i know i got the uh, the braised or not the braised but the uh the roasted veal Oh, so buco. You got veal oh, so oh, so buco. Yeah, that's oh, what it was. God. And it was on a saffron risotto. Mm, oh my That alone. God. Just the give sa- me the risotto. The risotto with the saffron risotto with the with the jus that came from that oh so buco oh, yeah. veal was uh to die for. It was. Like the, it was like the, a gravy. The veal was great. And and you can you can, you know, hate me all you want for eating veal, but it's freaking delicious. It is. It's tender. So oh, it just gosh. tastes like it tastes like you've taken all of the best parts of a big cow. And put them into a little cow. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't. It's whatever. It's the way things go. It's just and then, it's the uh, way the world is. And then I ordered the, um, the, was it, rig, was it the rigatoni? Was it rigatoni? No, you got the, the duck. Yeah, it was the duck. It was like a duck, duck rigatoni thing. Oh, oh. That was, that. yeah, no, it was. A, it was like it was big a, chunks of duck. Duck rigatoni in the sauce. Was also a, had a duck, duck jus. Oh my God. <laughs> 
So, Brandon had never actually had duck. That was my first time having like a really good. I've, so I, I think I've had duck before, but I've never yeah. had this kind of duck. Yeah. And this was delicious. This is what I was talking about. I've been trying to convince him, let me cook you a duck because there's a way to do it. Uh, you know, you, you got to you got to kind of roast it. You can't just stick it in the oven. You can't just stick it like it's it, it can be a tough meat. It can be really gamey, too. Mm-hmm. So you got to know how to season it as well. And I was like, I know that I could get a good duck. And I could probably cook you a really good duck. But to have him have duck at this level for the first time, he basically ate a bunch of meats he never eats yeah, <laughs> for it was dinner. Great. It was great. But I now, went off the board. It was awesome. Yeah. And now it's like, now that he's had good duck, he knows what the what the, the I know bar what the duck is. Gets up. I know knows. what the duck is up. He gets it. Yeah. yeah. He gets it now. He knows what the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after dinner, we, we, we moseyed on down to uh, the Grand Exposition Hall where Russell Peters performed. We had great seats. Uh, thanks to the Silver Legacy for having us out, mm-hmm. and uh, Russell Peters is awesome. Like even uh, even the the millennial uh, guy who opened up for him, who who played songs on the, oh, the guitar, oh, the, was was excellent. Jokes, I don't remember his name, but he was great. Uh, it was um, he did millennial jokes. He wasn't the millennial. He did a whole bit on on millennial jokes. Um, yeah. For example, I feel bad for all batteries that are not included. <laughs> <laughs> like he would deliver some one-liners and then he did a song at the very end that was um, way too soon. Yeah. Jokes that were way too soon. It was, it was kind of brilliant. like, a, yeah, it was a sing along and he really did make a lot of really um, tasteless jokes, he but did. all on all the, on the fun of comedy. And it was because it was with a song. It wasn't yeah. as, as harsh. As it, it was, there were some that like you could hear a pin drop for a second, <laughs> but then it was like the way he delivered them. It was like, you all have to stop and think for a second. Like this thought at least crossed all of our minds at yeah. one point. Right. If yeah. it didn't, I'm glad he brought it to your attention. Yeah. Yeah. And then Russell Peters came on and he put on an amazing show. He, he's uh, he's an um, Indian Canadian, right? Well, so he's he's, he's a Canadian Indian who's by Indian. race. Right. Okay. He was born and raised in Canada. There it is. But his parents did immigrate over from um, from India. Right. So. And he did this. He, his whole entire uh, stand-up bit was about. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. So here's my thing. I'm so excited about this. Okay. When I first discovered Russell Peters, because he's one of my favorite ever, he had this bit called Zobile, and it's what is it X O B L E, and it was with an apostrophe with an apostrophe in the beginning. at the beginning. So it's Bile right. is the name, and it's a South African name. That's how you spell a traditional African name, right? I believe it's Swahili. Okay, it, oh, I'm I'm do not claim to have full knowledge of this. I've always wanted to speak Swahili. I think it's a really cool language, but yeah. apparently they use part of their brain that we don't. So it would take a lot of training because of the clicks. Like sure. they, it makes, it's a different type of language. Right. So <clears throat> sort of like sign language. So anyways, he's he, in his joke in the very first time I ever saw him, um, not see him, but like watched his standup. Uh, he's talking about the Zobile name and it's because he's in an, a, a casino elevator and he sees the guy's name tag and it says exclamation make exclamation mark X-O-B-L-E. And he thinks he needs to scream it. Oh, Zobile, right? So the guy, t- so anyway, story goes on. He makes this whole joke about how he wants to name his um, his son Russell. Russell. Like with the click in right. his name. Like apostrophe us, Russell. So turns out his girlfriend is currently pregnant with a boy and he's naming the kid Russell. <laughs> and I am beside myself. <laughs> well, look, it's, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, 
uh, it's a connection. It's funny to but me. But I don't think it co- correlates with what Not his really. original segment was. It was hilarious, though. Well, but if you ever a get big, a chance. You're, you're a big fan of his. I am. You, that one made you laugh. It so made I, me laugh. I could see the relation. I was but, like, he did it. He was going to name a kid Russell. Yes. Yeah, so, I hope to God at once he calls the kid Russell. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of his uh, stand-up was about him getting uh, Indian fat. Like it's a certain like there's yep. a, like a, he does all these stereotype jokes, and he can because he's Indian. But he also, um, he, you know, he he, he kind of bashes on gay people, but, Vietnamese people, uh, Vietnamese, which is and then there was a lot of really in the crowd good. There, too. There's a lot of really cool in the crowd like reactions and sensations, mm-hmm. and he was he was having a lot of fun, and and everyone who was either of that. Uh, of that race didn't get up and storm out. They were all no. a part of the joke, and I think that's one of the. They were all having of, fun with it. I think that's one of the parts. Uh, one of the appealing things about Russell Peters is he he is an international comic. Yeah, he is well known all around the world. Whether or not you know of him, he is well known. Um, he's just not. I don't think he's like a household name. McComic. I just, I just Which know that he's so he's, crazy for me. He's been doing it so long. He's just one of those guys who just kind of flies under the radar. He's like one of the third highest paid comedians out there. Like, which you know doesn't really mean much when you're not you're not having your name recognized all all across the board. He's, he's not, not a sellout all, either. No, I just think he does what he does and he enjoys it and yeah. he's making really good money doing it. Obviously, yeah, he's funny. He he did a lot of the um, almost similar jokes to like the um, Ken Jung, the Vietnamese, like mm-hmm. the last name Ho, that kind of. Stuff. It, he he made similar jokes along Stereo, that same because they jokes. they're but they're and they're stereotypes based in a lot of facts like even the people were like oh yeah you oh, got that, it you yeah. know it you, you know, know it yeah because he is still he still hails from basically an Asian country so like they cross paths a lot <laughs> and it's all yeah. in in the in the name of fun and comedy if and I'm, tasteful if I'm not mistaken there's a really large Vietnamese population and Korean population in Canada. I'm okay. almost positive of that. I'm not very well traveled, so I don't know. I've You've never, been to Canada I, once for like twelve <laughs> hours. Like it was, it was a, it was like a nothing trip. I went up there for some sort of promotional deal to help uh, promote the the tool tour that was coming to town, and this was the first. Uh, coming to the Sacramento area, but this was the first show on the leg of the tour, mm-hmm. and it happened to be in Vancouver. So for whatever reason, they sent Brando the intern up to Vancouver, Canada, to do a <laughs> call-in bit with one of the afternoon DJs at the time, just to say, hey, yeah, I'm up in Canada. I'm going to be seeing Tool tonight on the first night of the show. Buy tickets now, because they're going to be in Sacramento in a couple of weeks. Check it out. You know, I said, oh, I'm listening to the sound check over there. I, I did this bit for like five, not even five minutes. It was probably like two to three minutes long. Probably felt they, like five minutes back then, though. But they flew me up there to do this. How me expensive. And one it was pretty expensive because I had to bring like a special piece of uh, equipment. I mm-hmm. had to coordinate with the with the venue there, which was, you know, they, they spoke French. So I, they didn't understand what mm-hmm. I was doing. And um, the, But the, when I got there... The Canadians were like the nicest people. Yeah. I really did enjoy being there for the limited amount of time that I was there. Um, but, you know, it was, I don't even know why they, they sent me still, but it was such a treat. Hey, it was, I wouldn't it was amazing. I'd be like, free trip, I'm going. I yeah. don't care. But looking back, I'm like, well, I, was, I wasn't really anything. I was just, I was literally picking up lunches mm-hmm. and I was, I was, Going out on the streets in the afternoon, and I'd get on the microphone. And I'd say, "Hey, we're out here at the corner of Madison and Auburn. Come on down to the to the gas station, and I'll get you some <laughs> tickets for the show that's coming up." Brando the intern out or some bullshit like that. I was gonna say, how many different names have you had? Uh, just uh, Brando the intern, 
producer Brandon and yeah, so not just Brando. Yeah. You're so cute. It's wow. Yeah, I've come a long way. Third third generation of Brando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So That's um brilliant. So we had a really good time up in Reno and we ended up staying at the uh, Whitney Peak Hotel. They always oh, take really good care of us. It was we so beautiful. There. Um, and, you know, it was snow covered. Everything. There was, there was, was several inches of snow on the ground in Reno. It wasn't yeah. just on the mountains. Everything was white. It was just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Just days before they were getting raped by a bunch of snow. Yeah. Like it was just crazy. We were watching it like by the hour, like by the time we got to Nyack, I was still on the. Uh, Nyack. That's, that's <laughs> I, how you pronounce it. Nyack. Uh, I was still on my phone checking the weather conditions and we did get snowed on um, going over the pass both times, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything like it was. And it, we clearly found the right window because from what I'm to understand, this last week has been even worse. Yeah. So we, and, we definitely lucked out on yeah. our trip up there, but I wanted to kind of get out and play in the snow, but um, yeah, we were on yeah. a tight schedule. And then, uh, oh, Sunday morning we stopped by um, Pine State. Uh, biscuits? Ooh, yeah. Oh, Ooh, the biscuits and gravy at that place. Oh, my place. God. Oh, oh, the Pop-Tart? Oh. Homemade Pop-Tart? Okay, so okay. If, if, if you're ever in the Reno area, now I know if there's a lot of Reno listeners uh, tuning into this this broadcast, you probably already know about this, but if you're ever in the Reno area and you want to get some breakfast, that's kind of, it's really close to the Strip. So if you're planning, if you're planning on staying on the Strip up in Reno, this, this is probably like 0.4 miles away from the hotel. Spring, summer, and fall, you could totally walk there. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. And this place makes all homemade biscuits. They they make uh, homemade pop tarts. Mm-hmm. They had all like, their homemade gravy. All their gravies. They, they have had, different uh, flavors of gravies. Brisket and briskets and biscuits. Uh, so you yeah. can like a brisket uh, uh-huh. gravy. You can oh, make and, a biscuit oh. and gravy sandwich thing, like an egg, and like oh my god. Okay, so <gasps> just just remember. Oh, that. and the cinnamon roll. Yep. Oh, okay, so we didn't eat all of this, but we did actually get to sit. <laughs> we sat right. There's this one little window spot where you can sit and watch um, one of the bakers actually like making the dough and like pulling. So we were watching them. them. We were watching them make it and like watching them spread the butter. He oh, went over yeah. each biscuit like four times with like melted butter. I was dying. Was like, yeah. oh my god, it was heaven. We definitely yeah. we definitely ate a lot on our trip, which which didn't stop when. Uh, we we took the day off on uh, this the first Sunday of our break and then mm-hmm. we drove down to Southern California LA Monday morning Hello. so we started out our first part mm-hmm. of the, the the week off um, the little road trip we cruised down to Venice uh, Venice Beach yeah we stayed at Venice which it, it's kind of going the way of San Francisco it, oh, it, it's just so covered in bums now I remember you were you were telling me about all the fond memories you have mm-hmm. going to Venice Beach uh, when you were 16 which That's was when I got like, my nose pierced. which was like 25 years ago shut up <laughs> 17. Okay, I was close. Fuck you. Uh, so you, you you got your nose pierced there you mm-hmm. had a great time with your family yeah it's like a family trip and so you have nothing but fond memories there. And then yeah. we get there and it's and it's a dump. It's literally bum city. Yeah. There are bums. Vagrants everywhere. They're, I mean, and they're camping every two feet. Yeah. Like, I'm sure some of them are are like the, some of them are the vendors. I know that. Oh, yeah. Some they, of them they stay. Pack up their stuff. They live on the beach right there. That's just their thing. Mm-hmm. OK, that's fine. But it was not the Venice I remember. Mm hmm. Um, granted it wasn't, although when I went the first time it was like in October, so it wasn't like a busy season either. And it wasn't exactly cold. It was, it was still LA. Like it was like 70 degrees. Mm -hmm. It was not uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, no, we, we decided to hop down from our hotel. We got beachfront 
I found us a little beachfront. Which was nice. It, it was, was just nice. it was literally feet away from the beach. Yeah. And it we were faced able to walk the boardwalk. Like the it was Another cool thing about the the Venice Beach area, and I'm sure a lot of major cities are doing stuff like this. And I know oh, that we saw yeah. this out um, out when we were out in Oahu. This was fun. Um, staying in Waikiki, mm-hmm. they have these things that either Uber, Lyft. Um, I, I know that there's a couple other ones like Lime. Oh, yeah. and they do this up in the Tahoe area too. Yeah, they do it in Reno. Even in Reno, they, they, have, they have these scooters, these motorized scooters and, bikes. and bicycles. But that the you can motorized rent. scooters, <clears throat> those motorized scooters are so. Fun. <laughs> I'm looking at buying a couple because they're ama- <laughs> They were so fast. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy, and it's like it's so cheap to ride it, and it gets you from A to B a lot quicker. Point, point, point. When you're just trying to to get around town without having to go yeah. call a lift. You're just it's, trying to get a couple of blocks away. So convenient. I'm parking I wish we had sucks. some of these things. Par- I cannot stress enough. Like parking can be shitty in San Francisco, but parking is the worst in LA, especially on the beach cities. Mm-hmm. Venice, Santa Monica, Newport, um, Santa Barbara. Those places, you, if you find parking, people will literally leave their cars there for weeks mm-hmm. bec- and walk blocks because they can't fucking find parking. Yeah, and and part of the other problem I think is with these with these the only problem I see with these renta scooters and renta bikes is that it it allows people to just drop them. They were wherever. dicks about it. Yeah, and I even saw some people just because uh, they you the, normally these scooters or bikes are like lined up in groups mm-hmm. because the night the every single night in the middle of the night. Um, these scooter companies like Uber and, and Lyft, all these mm-hmm. other places that provide these scooters, they go around and they round up all of these things and they, they group them together in major little corners. I think or, they recharge them and stuff like that. If they need to be recharged. Yeah. yeah like, or they, they need servicing. Right. So they're all grouped up in certain spots. And I remember seeing we watched some, them do this. some skateboarder that came by and just kicked them all over. All of them. You know, and I, I there see were like 15 in a row. It was ridiculous. It was such a dick move. There's just no respect at all for any of these things. And it's just, <laughs> you, just so you guys know, he did the shirt tug when he did that impression. Tie, <laughs> no <right>? respect at all. <laughs> So the uh, so other than that, that, you know, the, the innate laziness mm-hmm. and the expected awfulness that comes with humanity when we just can't have nice things anymore. Um, if you found one of the scooters that worked and you were able to rent one, it's so fun. But now, I had so much fun riding those. You made that around. sound like it was hard to find them. No, it was everywhere. They were everywhere. And, and I mean, we literally walked out of our hotel room. And so because of the way that our hotel was, if you've ever been to... Um, into like Venice or Newport or anything. Basically, a lot of those roads that you turn down will basically, they'll just like sort of dead end into like the boardwalk or like the beach walk area. So we would turn down this road. Our hotel was the very last building on one of those beach walks and at the very entrance of one of the Venice beach parking lots. So there were basically four corners right out in front of our hotel room because there was an alleyway that also ran behind it. And on each four of those corners, there were always always multiple scooters mm-hmm. every single corner was that way there were there was there's thousands of them all over the place it's really convenient but and then, but then if you bring the, up the app it drops a little map for you that really? shows where they are and you yeah. can just walk up to them technology is amazing it was like two dollars yeah we, no, that got us like four or five blocks yeah to, to get that to was our the dinner. minimum yeah. it was the minimum cost was like two dollars to ride mm-hmm. and then it was like I don't know, five cents per minute or something like we spent like two dollars and fourteen cents for just, us to just to get from A to B. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah, so speed so, demon over here. 
He was like, all the way, all the time. Oh, you got to go full throttle on those scooters. You got to see what a, they can do. They have a um, like a governor on them. So like they sense in when there's spots. others. Yeah, there's other scooters like within a certain distance of you. Or if you're in a restricted uh, yeah, sidewalk or zone. You cannot go yeah, a over certain, a certain level. You can hold yeah. your thumb down all day long. Yeah. And Brandon was like, something's wrong with mine. <laughs> What's going go, on? I was like, you're being slowed down because you're ridiculous. Uh, well, I broke the law. Who cares? So, um, so the first day we spent was just kind of relaxing. Once we got down there, right? We didn't, no. really, we didn't really do much. Shut up! <laughs> Last minute, we decided well, to go to Universal Studios oh, as yeah, we're coming right. off the grapevine. We're like, we made good time. We're here before noon. Well, it took us five hours to get from Sacramento to to L.A. Basically, yeah. Um, so we decided we we're going to hit up Universal Studios the first day. Mm-hmm. They closed at like six thirty on a Monday, so it was perfect. We we didn't yeah. want to spend all day there. We got there about one one o'clock and. Um, we got a dis- discount because it's on a Monday. Um, yeah, it was it was a third of the cost to go to Disneyland. Yeah, and it, this is my first time going to Universal Studios. I had a great time. I love Universal. It reminded me of a mini Disneyland. Kinda. It, it was very similar. You know, it was cool to to see the uh, the Universal lot. We did the the whole Universal tour, tour. The tour. Um, the tram, the, yeah. yeah. It takes like an hour. It takes Studio you around. Tour. Yeah, it takes you around the whole the whole mm-hmm. lot, and you can see kind of the behind the scenes stuff. It was, There's a couple rides on it. Yeah, we saw the uh, the, the sound stages for uh, Superstore, uh, Will yeah. and Grace. You could see in the, they were actually filming at the time. Um, they didn't have their little red light on, so they weren't like rolling. But they were in the middle of like set changes and yeah. stuff, and you doors could actually open. the doors open. So like he couldn't see. <laughs> we sort of got jacked out of our spot. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was kind of mad about until the very end when yeah. she saved me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, whatever. I can fucking let it go. Um. Anyways, when you get onto the little tram, you stand on these little stars and you're supposed to go all the way. Like, that's where you, and he wanted to be on this one spot. And we got cut off by got, a family. Turned and, out we got in the better spot anyway. Yeah, it worked out. And we, it worked out. Yeah. But um, no, it was just. It was like you could see the doors open. You could see it just looked like a grocery store. I was like, it just looks like the impulse buy section. Like there wasn't anybody there. I was like, I'm not sure if I should be excited. Like, I don't watch the show. Yeah, so. it, it was really cool to see like the, the curtain be pulled back a little mm-hmm. bit and see inside there because, you know, a lot of these things are filmed on sound stages, like especially like the Fast mm-hmm. and the Furious movies where we, we found out were filmed at a lot of sound stages mm-hmm. when they weren't the car chases and everything. Right. And, um, it was just, it was really cool. And, and they took us, they took us around like, um, so it's been a really long time. I did, uh, I did Universal the same time that I did Venice Beach. So I guess I sort of redid a repeat trip for you. Like I was like, I know how to do this. <laughs> um, the first time I did Universal, I think I was 15, 16, 16. Yeah, I think that's when I got my nose pierced. Um, like, so we did Jurassic Park. But it's a totally different park now. Um, they didn't have the city, like their, like the whole city scenes that they do that they took us through, where they look like real buildings. Like, oh, you mean the sets where it's like the, yeah, the city sets? It was not like that yeah. at all. Imagine all the movies that have come out and sets that have been built in the last 16, 17 years. Yeah, like, think about that. It's funny now that we've seen it and now we've gone back and watched yeah. like, certain episodes of Key and Peele were filmed there. Yeah, there was one he was like, I know where that was. I'm yeah, like, no, we, we we ended up going back and watching one of those episodes. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, that's that city part. Remember where we were yeah. driving the tram and that was right yeah. there? Yeah, so there, it's pretty cool to see like where the things are, are, are shot on yeah. scene instead of them being like out out in the city there's, and doing things on, there's on location. There's a spot in Universal that I'm like 99% sure is like the main corner area that they use in the good place where like the frozen yogurt place was. That's actually in the park. It's like actually in the park. I was like, is it me? 
Or does it feel like we're in the good place right now? Maybe, yeah, maybe they filmed <laughs> like, it that part in the park. I wonder. Or it was modeled off that part of the park. It might have been. But like yeah. there were like the bushes and everything. I was like, I'm like 99% sure this is like their little courtyard area. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this totally looks like. So it's kind of it's cool to be like, oh, oh, I know that. Oh, my favorite spot. It wasn't Jurassic Park, if you can believe that. Well, it was closed down because they're revamping yeah. it for Jurassic World. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, we got to see the house for the great outdoors. Where they filmed oh, yeah. that? You know I, know, I had no idea. You know, you know what I just found out today huh. is the recording this? It's the 25th anniversary of John Candy's death. Shut up. Yeah. I guess we're watching The Great Outdoors tonight. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds posted a, a really heartfelt video Aww. on his uh, on his um, Instagram and Twitter and all that on social media uh, paying tribute to John Candy. And it starts out like it starts out with with him basically introducing himself and as all of his characters. So they take yeah. little sound bites Aww. of him saying, Oh, I can't watch this. It made me cry. Oh yeah. It, it's totally, <gasps> yeah, it's totally heart wrenching. He, he, I mean, even when I was young, 25 years ago mm-hmm. when he passed away, it still affected me. Oh, it bothered me. I was so mad yeah, because he's in so many movies that yeah. I watched as a child and I still love today. And he's one of those comedic geniuses that just oh, are, yeah. are so one of a kind. Like, oh yeah. You know, Will, uh, not Will Ferrell, but, um, I'm sorry, Chris, uh, not Chris, Jesus, you know, the other fat guy that died. Farley, Chris Farley. Chris Farley, you were thank right. You. Yeah, I was getting there. No, that one didn't affect me nearly as not, much as John Candy. Not as much because, I don't know, it was it was like something more about him kind of like being part of your family. It like was. He was almost like he is he our was, Uncle Because he is Uncle Buck. Right. He was always yeah. the crazy fun uncle, and he, but he... The thing about Chris Farley, Chris Farley was great. Do not get me wrong. And it has nothing to do necessarily with their comedic roles. Right. They both were comedians. But John Candy came at it in a very like real family. I'm your uncle. Like I'm. But he always had a very altruistic approach to just about everything he did. He did seem like ge- he had a genuinely kind soul. Yeah. And somebody that you wanted to be around. Yeah. I would hate for it to come out that he had some sort of skeletons in his I don't closet think there are. I think if it was going to, yeah, it would have. You, know, you never know. I know. And if they are, I don't want to hear it because yeah. can oh. you, can we leave one good one? <laughs> can we have Jeez, one? Please. Nice celebrity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't think Steve Martin would have worked with him if he was a dick. Yeah, I don't know. You I, know mean, what I mean, Steve Martin's probably worked his fair share of dicks. You don't, I mean, you, you don't know in Hollywood. You don't know what kind of people that that you know and what they do on their own. You, you just don't know. That's true. I know. And just just because they're putting on a persona doesn't mean that that's who they are. Exactly. But he did seem to, at the root of all of his characters, he did seem to have a very loving, kind, altruistic nature about him. Yeah. And I think that's what we was we were drawn to. Anyways, moving on from John Candy. Yeah. So to see the great outdoors that was house, awesome. Um, on the universe a lot was yeah, really cool. Um, and we, we saw all the shows. We went and saw the Waterworld show and we, we went on all the rides. But Harry um, Potter land, Harry, Harry Potter, Potter world yeah, was, was fun. awesome. Yeah, the Butterbeer. I'm not a huge Harry Potter nerd. I did read the books when I was a kid and, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a super massive, uh, I wasn't obsessed with all the Harry Potter movies like a lot of people were. I know you're a huge I'm a big Potterhead. Pot, I'm a Potterhead. Yeah. So whatever we went there and had a great time. We didn't get your, didn't get your magic wand or anything. I, I, I grappled back and forth on this. I was like, ah, do I get the magic? Do I get my own wand? Do I get the wand? Do I not it's just get the wand? something to carry around. You it's know? something to carry around. It's something that I have to find a place for. Yeah. Like it only works here. Like, 
Well, I mean, it works, but it's a magic wand. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. It well, does, it does stuff in the park. Like when you have, when you're in the park, if you stand like in certain spots or whatever, like wave you, your wand. It does it these like personalized things. That's whatever. really cool. Like it, it is to have to have a little interactive piece of the of the yeah. park. That's yeah. really cool. It is pretty cool, but at the same time, there were kids. That, it wasn't crazy busy, but there were enough kids like in the Harry Potter area. Is it's still so new, and people still love Harry Potter so much. And admittedly, that was the best ride. Mm-hmm. Out of all of the rides, the the Hogwarts school ride that was fun was absolutely amazing, and it's basically like a flight simulator. We were Brandon even gave out a good like woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it yeah. was it was great. It was a great because they they're cool about the way that they enter um, that they they sort of. Uh, integrate all of the experiences of the rides. Like Disneyland's fun, but I don't think Disneyland could hold a candle to some of the rides that Universal does. Some of the newer rides are, are definitely more advanced because they go from motion to like kind of giving you that roller coaster mm-hmm. feel and then the interactive virtual reality type of thing with the yeah, with the, with like the, the dragon breathing actual fire. <laughs> like you yeah. feel it. Like the spitting of the water well, and the, like the, the blowing of the air. That's like the Indiana Jones ride at uh, at Disneyland. I still don't think that Disneyland. I, I love Disneyland. Don't get me wrong. I just and I haven't been on um, like their Star Wars rides, their new ones. Mm-hmm. Not so, we haven't been back since 2016. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm just saying I think Universal they get it a little bit better when it comes to ride. Well, they are Universal Studios after all. That is true. All right, so after we uh, we hit uh, Universal Studios, we went back to our, our room, and we, we kind of hung out for a little bit, and we wanted to go uh, check out this speakeasy that was a couple of blocks away. Um, and on our drive down, we had found out that this was a haunted location. Um, I, I don't know how it came about, but I think you were researching... No, I was researching haunted places, haunted and places. I went, oh, this one's only... This was the most haunted, and it's literally just blocks from where we were staying. Total yeah. coincidence. Number one on the list Maybe. out of all the know. places... Yeah. In LA um, is one of the most haunted, um, and it's also one of the youngest haunted locations. Yeah. With the with the owner who passed away in two thousand five, five or six, um, and now he resides in the actual speakeasy part of this which is of this basement. bar, which is the basement, and it's a, a basement of a place called the Townhouse in on Venice Beach. Um, the speakeasy's the speakeasy itself is called Del Monte, mm-hmm. uh, but it's only open during certain times of the week. Um, they actually, and during this time we were there, they poured some really amazing oh, drinks. Like their they, drinks they were incredible. Signature cocktails, like everything you would expect at a speakeasy type of they, place where they're almost like mixologists and yeah. you really know what they're doing. They even doing. had like some really special, um, like like bitters and stuff, like the small yeah. liquids. All like homemade. Yeah, they don't looked even all... remember, but they looked like it almost looked like it they was were things uh, like, witches. Yeah, ingredients for I'd their never cauldron. heard of them. Like we, I did want to smell them all. Yeah, they, it was it was an amazing place to catch a couple of drinks, but we we missed out on the opportunity to go down there, um, and this almost turned into like a impromptu, um, like paranormal type of trip too kind of um but unfortunately we didn't get to get down there um but somebody had written in about um haunted places and i thought this would be a good opportunity to bring it up okay um this is from michael in reno he says have you ever stayed at the haunted hotel in virginia city i've toured in the building a few times uh, a few years ago and found out that they are offering nightly stays but i don't have any friends that are willing to stay i'm curious to know how haunted it actually is now uh michael we haven't stayed at that hotel we have been to Virginia City, um, we've only visited my, my myself and Mrs. Brandon. We've only been there um, during the day, 
But you have I've been actually... I've been to Virginia City a lot of times. But you've actually stayed, stayed the in, night there. I have stayed in the night in Virginia it, City. And in I, this hotel? No, but I'll tell you there's a better place to stay if you want a haunting experience that is not in the hotel. The hotel is cool. I've eaten there. I've been there a lot of times. It's nothing. Nothing compared to camping out at the trailer park that sits above the cemetery. Oh, well, it's right there by the cemetery. Of course, yeah. we're going to get more activity. I had an experience there that I didn't know I was having a documented experience until afterwards when I went home and started to research it. Documented, you mean like other people other have people. experienced this, this phenomenon? This is, this is a phenomenon that is documented. It is verbatim what I went through. I didn't know this. And I did this. I do this on purpose, just like what Melissa and Brent do. I don't want to go from sex spirit. Yeah. If I don't want to go into something, um, I don't want to go into something, expecting something to happen, looking for something and trying to make something out of something that it isn't. So this, when I knew I was going to be spending the night in Virginia city, I knew about the, like the suicide table. I knew about, um, the hotel. I knew about a lot of things. I did not know a jack shit about the cemetery or what happens there. So we walked through, um, we had, walked we were, through what the cemetery, we okay. walked through the cemetery. There's a lot of headstones in there that are what missing. Time, what time are you walking through? This is during the day. Was this when the phenomenon this, happened? No, it happened at night, but I, we walked through the cemetery during the day. Um, you and I went through, uh, for a walk. Yeah, in that we went cemetery. through, mm-hmm. but it was during the day and I didn't experience anything. Right. Um, so the first time I went, it was a little creepy and I, it was just, it was just creepy. You could feel something. There was just, yeah, there was just presence. like an unease in the air, but you and I did not go nearly as deep into that cemetery as I did the first time. How much of that was, I'm walking through a cemetery in a place like Virginia city. And how, so how much of that was mental? None of it. It was honestly just like this, like, just, it was like a queasy feeling. Hmm. It was like, I don't, I just don't feel very good. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna head back. Or I'm just going to get out of this area. It, that's the only way I can describe it. It's almost like, um, like you know when you get motion sickness? Like on the rides? Mm-hmm. Like if I walked into an area, like I would get this kind of like wave of like, I don't like that. So I would just back away from the area. I didn't read too, too much into it. Um, but that, so we go about our thing. We do our whole day or whatever in Virginia City. And that night, um, I had a dog with me that I had to take out to go potty. And I was standing the back of the trailer overlooked like it's a kind of like a gorge sort of like there's a hill there and then there's the cemetery. Um, and I remember watching um, this little, I thought it was an led light. I thought somebody was out there fucking with us. I thought somebody was like shining a flashlight cause it was this bright bluish light. Mm. And I, and I just kind of stood for there. I just watched it and it would like, it would kind of fade in and out and then it would kind of move around. And I was like, it's only in this one spot. The closer I got to the edge of the fence, which it's not like I was getting into the cemetery, but every step forward I took, the dimmer it got. Every step back, the brighter it got. It was like it didn't want me to see it, but it was there. Right. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about this. I write it off as it's probably just a reflection of something. I'm tripping. Every time I move, it's probably just moving out of the light that's, you know, but it was like a blue LED light. Hmm. Couple of days goes by. I get home. I finally just start looking it up, and sure enough, in and it was. It was in the fireman's. Um, the there's like a firefighter section specifically in that, and that was the one that it was in, which is like forefront of the cemetery. Of the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things. There's a little blue light that will like. Sh- I was like, no. It described everything I saw, and I thought, 
whoa, like it gave me a chill because I wasn't looking for it. Mm. At least I wasn't looking for anything in that area. Right. So it just appeared. It happened. It happened. I didn't know didn't I was having you. an experience until like it, it. I knew something was happening. I was watching something and it was making me like do a little bit of an investigative thing where I was like, OK, if I step back, it's a little bit brighter. If I step forward, it's a little bit. What What is going on here? What am I looking at? And uh, we had horrible nightmares. Horrible. Oh, Everybody really? in the trailer had horrible night. People that don't even normally have nightmares would wake up and be like, I can't even sleep the rest of the night. Like wow. we were not comfortable. Like If you want to stay in a freaky place in Virginia City. Go camp out by the fucking cemetery. See, I think that camping out or or staying at any places like that, you just got to expect to not sleep well. Because even if you don't experience anything paranormal, you, mentally you're going to be on edge because you're going to be expecting it. So, like the second Maybe. you the second you lay your head down, at least this would be my my uh, this would this would be the case for me. If I were to lay down at a hotel, say the hotel in Virginia City, put my head to the pillow. I wouldn't just close my eyes and go, okay, 99. I would be thinking about this stuff. See, and I don't because I don't think this stuff happens to me. Mm. I don't think. But if you're going to places like this, you're basically, you're not necessarily poking the bear, but you're saying, I'm I'm here and I'm ready to experience whatever's going to happen. So it's it's always that thing in the back of your mind. And I'm already a light sleeper, so I'll I'll be tossing and turning all night. I, I guess like I don't think I don't go in thinking I hope I have an experience. I go in thinking cool if something happens. Well, why else would you go to a place like Virginia City to I stay there? Like Virginia City for their Bloody Marys. Okay, first of all, and have you not seen the soda and candy shop? Like that thing is amazing. But is that reason enough to stay the night there? The I only reason you would want to stay there is to is to ex- potentially experience. Something I like got this. invited. Or if you're stuck in the middle of nowhere, and this is your last resort place to stay because it's so far off the beaten path. You can't even get there if you get stuck somewhere. Like you get, like Virginia City's like closes down for certain things, but um, because it's haunted. I. Um, I don't remember how it came about, but I was invited to go stay with my sister. Like, it wasn't like we planned the trip. It was like a last minute, like, hey, come stay with us. And we're like, all right. Like, I like Virginia City. It's a good time. Like, I'd never experienced anything remotely haunting or creepy about Virginia City. And this was not my first time. Yeah, most of the time you I, won't. Probably won't. Most people don't. And so when I when I went there, I wasn't thinking anything's going to happen because nothing's happened. And this is like the millionth fucking time I've been here. Mm-hmm. So... But like I didn't go in expecting or looking or trying. I I really and I didn't think there was anything about this. Like, of course, why I thought there was nothing about the cemetery is beyond me. But whatever. Well, Michael, uh, I, he's the original mm-hmm. letter writer who asked about us going. There to you go, City. Michael. Um, <laughs> we we haven't experienced any in the hotel, but at the at the graveyard, uh, Mrs. Brandon has. Um, but I, I would love to go stay at a place like Virginia City mm-hmm. with the intention of of potentially experiencing something paranormal because it, it's. Seems to be one of those hot spots where you could. I think if you go in with the inten- intention or sleep. the or the want to have something happen, you won't. Right. And I think I think you have to like let go. I think that's why it even yeah. happened to me in the first place is because I wasn't thinking along those lines. I had no idea or knowledge of that thing. Yeah, but and it happened. But what about with investigators who go into these places, who are clearly they have a motive to go into a, a zone where there's more paranormal activity mm-hmm. or they're seeking it out? Then what what? Well, How does that explain their experiences? It, uh, if, if, the, if the ghosts don't want to be seen. If you start looking at the paranormal, the paranormal starts looking at you. Oh, yeah. So consider that. Who knows if these paranormal people are even bringing things with them that they're unaware of. All right. And 
they all went to the hotspots. We all went to the hotspots. I ate. That was the trip I ate at the hotel. I went to the suicide table. Like we did the ghost tour. Nothing happens during the day. It's not the witching hour. Yeah. So, uh, and, and nobody goes looking in the cemetery. I don't know why, but nobody goes looking in the cemetery. Probably because they respect the dead and they don't want to be well, dabbling with anything. You want to find something, go for it. It's right there. But yeah. I, after that, I refuse to stay in Virginia City ever again. <laughs> so after uh, we, we were disappointed that we weren't able to go to the haunted speakeasy mm-hmm. uh, that Monday night, we, we spent the next day, we went to the beach. Uh, we went out to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which was oh. my first experience getting chicken and waffles. Mine too. And this was a traditional chicken and this waffles is, joint. This was recommended right? to us by right. um, a friend. In, right in the heart of L.A. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's a bunch of um, locations. locations. There, there we, were in, we were in South L.A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's was, one uh, right across from Disneyland. We were actually in Compton. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. For real? No, we were. Um, no, 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 Inglewood. Sorry, not Compton. We He's, were in Inglewood. We weren't. No, no. He, we were. We were in Inglewood. It was. It was. It was the South LA um, yeah. location. That if you look it up, but um, and it, what we're gonna post pictures of these chicken and waffles on radradio.com, But yeah, they, they, it was amazing. We, oh my god, chicken and waffles is one of those dishes where you do need to plan on. Okay, that's gonna be the meal. Yeah, and we, we thought we were gonna get chili fries on top of our chicken and waffles. <laughs> Yeah, we ended up packing up this big old, like, oh, I don't know, platter. It was a pl- they were so good. It was a platter of chili fries that uh, we ended up boxing up, and we couldn't eat because we were driving around for the rest of the day. But these chicken waffles, okay, so, so freaking good. Our friend who recommended it had lived in L.A. for a while, and he said it's not just chicken and waffles. First of all, it's Roscoe's, and it's because of the waffle. Like the waffle plays, it's this type of chicken, which is Southern fried chicken. See, and it's the type of waffle. And I understand now. I, I remember it differently. I remember him saying it's all about the chicken. No. The waffles are nothing really. Text him because I'm pretty sure he said it was like the waffles okay. had a huge deal. With Either it. way, the experience you had was that the <laughs> waffle was delicious. It's the waffle. The waffle makes it because it's not a Belgian. Uh, it's not a Belgian waffle. It's, it's an American waffle. It's an, uh, and it's an American waffle. So if you think of Belgian waffle, you think of like the big like squares and like it's like thick. It's probably an inch or so thick. That's a typical Belgian waffle. These were like quarter inch, half inch, like Eggo waffles, but on a full plate scale. And they were thinner. So it was almost like sort of like a cross between a pancake and a waffle. And it had the smaller little um, like squares and they serve it with like room temp. So it's super soft, uh, salted whipped butter that melts instantly. And the chicken itself, I actually found a cheater recipe, but the chicken itself is it's Southern fried chicken. It can't just be fried chicken. It can't be KFC. There's a specific, there's spices and things like that in it. And, Mm. oh, so yeah. So we, um, we're on board with the chicken and waffles thing, but we're a little picky about it. I actually ordered a American waffle iron <laughs> online. It'll be here tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be good. So, yeah, I think the, the result is that, yes, thumb, two thumbs up to the chicken and, and waffles. Yeah, Roscoe's chicken and home of chicken and waffles. Yeah, that's, what, that's where I went for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then the next stop we took was to the Broad, which is right next to the... Uh, uh, the Disney Philharmonic Symphony Music Hall, Music Hall which was mm-hmm. beautiful. Disney, I think it's called Disney Hall or something like that. All the architecture in, in L.A. in this area near the uh, the art, the not the just the museums, but like the art 
museums are all just amazing. It's off the, the, hook. the buildings are just beautiful. And we went to the Broad specifically because there's this exhibit called the Infinity Mirrors mm-hmm. where you stand in it and it's supposed to look like, you know, everything goes on forever. It would and remind you lights of the, in there. the Tesseract from um, like Interstellar. Like yeah. where like it's like one image becomes literally infinite, minimum like millions. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. And it was it was it was a beautiful uh, art museum. But, <laughs> I've been but, trying to see that thing since 2016. Yeah, and unfortunately <laughs> we weren't able to get there because it's first come first serve. Even though we got there like in the middle of the day, yeah. this thing fills up real fast. Like and seconds. You try to ask for help from anybody, and and you'll get met with the most snobby responses oh because th- th- these stereotypes about art people being hoity-toity and snobby is is so fucking true like it's sad it's not just sad but it's just like oh it's to be expected like you you see these beatnik looking motherfuckers that work at these art museums they just stand there in corners where you're supposed to be able to ask them questions like hey where's this where's that what where can i find this mm-hmm. and they're like you don't know where it is then yeah. you don't deserve to look at it yeah they, it's that so type of attitude they were like they're like go 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 to um go to the main lobby and go to the ipad kiosk now when i think of iPad kiosk, I think of a small desk where there might be several iPads or people helping you. No, there's one iPad sticking up. <laughs> there's no uh, sign. There's no sign. It looks like an it's art exhibit. It's the same fucking color as the floor <laughs> and walls, right? And there's a million people standing around it. And you're supposed to go sign in for the Infinity Mirror experience, which is on the base floor. Which Okay, they don't tell me any of this. Until I get there the day of, right? There's no, there was no information that I could find as far as like early sign up for that or so we don't get to see it. I'm fine. Whatever. I can move on because Brandon's right. I asked somebody for help and no amount of kindness was going to make her a happy person. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to go. I did get to see, um, we did get to see some really cool art exhibits though. And I'm not a big fan of art museums. Like I think they can be cool. I prefer them when they have an interactive kind of um, approach, but I can't just walk around and stare at paintings all day long. Cause a lot of the things I see, I'm like, I know how they did that. Like yeah. it, the mystery is gone for me. And a lot of the, a lot of the art looks like it's just somebody who was high on meth. Yeah. Tweaking out in the alley in, in next to a, a, a garbage uh, a, a big garbage there pile. was literal garbage pasted to a lot of these things and for all we know it's adhered by human waste right and it's just like oh my god that's so uh, what does that make you feel make i you bonded feel this glue with the ch- tears of chill like go fuck so but then there was there was some legit art in there though like there were lichtensteins and if you say so <laughs> um which is that like pop art where um sort of like the old comic book art with like the pow the dots and the, 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 yeah. like the dots. So, and that's, that was really cool for me. I've always wanted to see that. And then, um, I don't remember the artist's name. Um, but it's the one that does like the big giant sculptures of like, um, uh, balloon animals. Um, they've, they've got some exhibits all over, but they they had like the big giant balloon animal dog. It was, it, it was as big as a car. It was enormous. And then there was, um, there was the under the table one, which was supposed to kind of invoke this uh, memory of being a child and being under the table. And it was a giant dining room table and you could literally walk under it. Um, there was, there was some definitely cool art. There was uh there was an artist that did some um, like straight charcoal and, and graphite. And it looked like these things were printed. I could not believe the detail. Yeah, it was awesome. And it, obviously the, the, one of the main selling points of this was the infinity mirrors that we did not get to see, but nope. 
three years, three years trying. <laughs> obviously, you got you got what you wanted to. I out got of to it. see something I wasn't nice. expecting, which yeah. is the Lichtensteins. So after that, we decided to go uh, continue the nerd path <laughs> and go to the La Brea t- uh, Tar Pits, oh, which was my, it was my first time going. It's been it was you know how many times have you been to this once place now? only okay. once only once. Uh, but that was a really cool experience. It's just like a you know it's a natural history museum. It's right mm-hmm. next to the natural history museum, um, but they have like open pits you can go check out. And it smells like tar, and you know it's it's one of those things that you should check out once in your life it's if you're fun. in the area. It's 15 bucks. Yeah, it's it more about, it. it was a beautiful day. It's more about being out in the park. Yeah, so the nice. better exhibits for the La Brea Tar Pits, which most people don't ever go to. I don't know why. It's cool. Um, you actually go away from the museum and you go around the park and they have open pits that they're digging. So you can see how they're working. Um, there was one, the first one we walked into, which was, um, I think it was like pit 91 is the one that they pull. Um, uh, a bunch of these, they've pulled so much out of this pit. And while you're standing there, you can see obviously work's been done for the year. The rainy season brings up the water table, which means that they can't get into the pits as much. Like it just becomes difficult. But you can see piles, just piles. There's like skulls and femurs and just things just sticking out of these this tar pit. And you're just standing there. And it's the first time in thousands and thousands of years that these things have been exposed and you're just staring at them. It's it's like a, it's like stepping back in time. Yeah. So but a lot of people don't see that because they're not, no. not well educated on Maybe it. Maybe not. That's what those museums are great because it's it's an eye opener mm-hmm. to where we've been and how far we've come mm-hmm. and you know the, all the all the history and the evolution behind all the animals in the area like those the saber toothed tigers mm-hmm. and those the wolves the dire wolves oh man they pulled thousands of dire wolves out and it's it's fascinating I mean the, the, that whole area is just resting on so much history and it's just boiling right there ready to come to the surface and to think it's just sitting there what else is under our feet oh yeah see now now That's i'm kind cool. of starting to get into that whole the idea of the uh urban explorers okay did you not did you not listen to the urban explorers bit we were talking about it we were you and i were yeah on vacation hmm. you don't remember no oh <sighs> <laughs> the caves in France oh, and the yeah, people yeah, yeah, finding yeah. all these like like the guy that went down and found um, like a secret room from the Manhattan Project that right. people basically just forgot about and there was like documents down there he's like should I even be in here am well, I going to die of cancer we, we were listening to a podcast about people who, who dwell and people who just dig just to dig yeah. and, and also like the kind of the fascination and the 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 Psychology, psycho, psychology behind people who decide to dig underground mm-hmm. and or like live underground. Why it's in our human nature to dig yeah. in the first place? Why do we go down? I think I know why. Though. I know why I go down. I know. Oh, oh. well, because it's delicious. But no, I think I think one of the main reasons is like as mammals in general, um, we survived one of the extinctions. Like one of the reasons we're here is because ma- our very first mammals went underground. We were living that underground. Sense. That's how we survived. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah, so um, after we went to the La Brea Tar Pits, we 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 had something in mind that we wanted to do, um, and that was go to, go to a, a comedy show and just watch people do improv down at the mm-hmm. Hollywood Improv. They yeah, have this was... they have this free thing, free show that you can open go mic to. night. It's an open mic night, which um, it turns out that is actually for a lot of amateurs in the area. 
Mm-hmm. And we, we showed up late, unfortunately, because it took us it took us an hour to get across town because it was just traffic. It was a Monday night, and we had the most chatty fucking Lyft driver that See, would the not show up. Is... Yeah, he kept he kept uh, he kept basically gave us the play by play on what street. The drive would have taken us forty five minutes if he had stuck to one route, but he was consistently trying to find a shorter route. Yeah, and it made the drive an hour and a half. So we got five minutes. See, tops. I, I don't think it would have been any different whatever place no I, I she's you're shaking your head yes i don't think it would have made any difference which way he went i think it just felt so long because he kept talking about his fucking route i don't know maybe taking. well so, it didn't take that long to get back what's great about the whole thing is is that we well i was also in the middle well i had i had heard that if you go to the improv um any of them but specifically the improv in la um you know it's not uncommon to have big names drop in for open mic night just to kind of test out material. Or yeah, just you're, make in, a, you're in Hollywood, yeah, so you could, never anybody know. could drop by. There wasn't anybody on the bill. There wasn't a show listed for that night, so I just figured this would be a good night to go. Maybe open mic will go for a while. It's yeah. free. Let's go. So because we got there a little bit late, we only caught like the last two or three acts at the open mic night, and it was, it was great. It was yeah, fun. We didn't miss anything. Standing room only, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like we, we really missed much. So Very we were, small area. We were actually just walking away like we were we weren't even planning on doing anything next. We were just like, oh, what, what's next? Yeah. Well, we're walking there's two, away. There's two spots. So there's like, you walk up and there's like where we were at, which was open mic. And there's like an outdoor patio and like the box office area. And then right next to it is their bar and like and their restaurant. Like their, and, but it's also their main room. Yeah, so they I have didn't like know their that. main acts there. And, and mm-hmm. the, the Hollywood, the improv room we were in was kind of like their their warm-up stage or side mm-hmm. stage um and we were walking past this podium and uh, uh, the woman working there said oh so you guys here for rogan tonight <laughs> i thought what uh, I mean, you, mean, what? you mean joe rogan before we leave i want to i want to back up real quick before we leave for this trip brandon goes maybe joe rogan will stop by or something like, wouldn't that be cool yeah thinking <laughs> oh because i know that he hits the he hits the uh yeah you know, he, he constantly goes to the comedy store. Mm-hmm. He's always doing the, the small comedy clubs mm-hmm. down there because he's always he's always working. Yeah. The guy does not not work. Yeah. Um, so he uh, apparently had a show that night and it was Joe Rogan and friends. And we didn't know who was going to be Mm-mm. opening up for him. And I thought, you know, how much? And she's like, oh, I don't know. But I think there's like only six tickets left. He ran. He well, he didn't run. He walked as fast as he could without running over to the box office. He was like, "Get out of my way, people!" I don't want to be rude and bump into people. So I, I yeah, I went up to the the ticket counter, and it was only like thirty five bucks for each person to get in. I thought, I it wasn't it. even that. It was like twenty. It was like twenty three. Whatever. It was cheap enough for me to go. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah. We don't have any other plans. I wanted to see a good comedy. This show This is tonight. why we came. This is why we came, and it turned out to be Joe Rogan and Chris Delia oh opened my up God, for him. He is hilarious. He's fucking great. He's he had got, me in tears. He's got some Netflix specials out there too, but he's just another one of those guys who's out there constantly, and he's he's a, a you know he's a big friend of Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. so he was an obvious great opener yeah. for Rogan. And then Rogan came out and he did uh, all brand new stuff. Yep. He's a shorter guy than I, you'd expect I was, him to be, He's right? way more animated than, yeah. I, than I was expecting. He was, like, really into it. Um, we also got seated. So there's, like, reserved spots. And I was like, oh, there's no way we're going to get a good like seat. Three tables that were, like, right in front of the stage. We were, were reserved. Literally. But I, I just asked our waitress. She was like, well, or whoever was seating us. I was like, just give us the best possible seats you can. And they were like, okay. So they walked us around. We ended up sitting, like, at the corner of the stage. Right in the front. Right in the front. Yeah. We, he, I mean... It, we were in the the comics eye line, so we were he was in the making. Spit zone. He was, yeah, the he, wet we zone. were. We were <laughs> splash zone. Splash zone. There you go. 
Yeah, we were. So, I mean, it. whenever we would laugh really hard, he'd look at us like it was like we were in the room with him. Like he acknowledged our existence for a moment. And our waitress looked like um, Annette Benning. Uh, but she probably was. Or not Annette like Benning. Bernadette of, Peters. She maybe, reminded me of Bernadette Peters. Maybe she, she so really cute. was Bernadette Peters. No. And she was like doing this thing for a role. I wish. But Bernadette yeah. Peters has a very little voice. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out to be a really it turned out to be an amazing night full of comedy. And just it was a wonderful surprise to be able to sit right there in front of Joe Rogan without even planning it. Didn't even, didn't even have it on a radar for something to do that night. And it was almost like I willed it to happen because yeah. I was like, Oh, Joe Rogan might be hanging on. And I know. <laughs> and he just so happened he, to be there that night. It was, it was tears rolling down our face. Funny. Yeah. It was a great day. Um, and then the next day we, we drove home that morning mm-hmm. and then, uh, we, we picked, grappled though. We were like, Oh, should we just stay one more night? It was tempting, but we were it like, was. we were over Venice and the bums and, and having to find street parking. It wasn't and, Quiet. It wasn't quiet at all. So it wasn't a very relaxing uh, night sleep, which, which, you know, that's, we didn't really sleep that much. Anyway, it is what it we, is. We were busy doing other things. <laughs> was that when we ordered McDonald's? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, uh, I was uh, dining at the Y when we decided to uh, uh, this is true. get some, get some takeout. And we, we did the old DoorDash thing and we had about 20 minutes to kill. So I was uh, going to town. Um, you know, and, and, uh, make things getting a little steamy and hot in the hotel room. And all of a sudden we get this, this alert. And you, I was like, I thought we had more time. Well, and you, you were willing <laughs> I threw to threw my pants on because I can't really conceal the, no, I had the flagpole that I knew was sporting at the moment. When we entered into the cunnilingus agreement, we both knew <laughs> that it would be me retrieving the McDonald's. Yeah. So, so. I, I stayed behind with the, with the hardwood on and, uh, <laughs> And you, you, you were I kind bolted. enough to, to uh, shimmy down and probably no. water slide down the I, stairs. Yeah, I didn't shimmy. I literally ran. I was like, <clears throat> I am in the middle of something good. Even the McDonald's <laughs> can wait. I, I, did, I had on like a little, I have this little black, it's like a Modal cotton, like little nighty dress thing. It's mm. actually really cute. I love it. I'm like, I hope it's in the dryer right now because I want to wear it when we get home. Um, I, so I just threw my, my pants on. I ran down totally barefoot like i'm not sure my my pants were all the way up over my butt cheek at one point mm-hmm. i was like pulling them up as i was getting down to the base of the stairs like you gotta get down to the base it of was things. funny so yeah so then and yeah then we headed home on the oh you know what we found though something i've always wanted to try we found voodoo donuts oh yeah on our way out of universal uh studios in that little town uh-huh. square thing there there was a voodoo donuts voodoo donuts let's take some pictures of as well but there are uh, some yeah, really exotic some. donuts that that are delicious they're known for their actual voodoo doll donut which is like a bar donut they make looks little like arms. a voodoo man looks like a voodoo guy he's got like a face and mouth and like it's got a pretzel sticking through his heart actually some of the better donuts i've ever had yeah they were I, like i like the box because it said all good things come in pink boxes that's true yeah. i took a picture of that <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah so that was that was all a good time down in uh, socal and yeah. uh we, we came back up to get the dogs from dogwoods and we came home to the rave reviews of them uh being all good and everything um and then the rest of it was kind of spent just just vegging out and catching up on some netflix shows mm-hmm. which we finally revisited the orville which I don't know what happened when that when the f- show first came out. I, I went into it. I wanted to watch it because it's Seth MacFarlane. We were in a bad mood. It's sci-fi. I don't know. It's like a Star Trek thing. And I think the first time that I saw it, I was I was probably in a really bad mood, and I wasn't ready for a Star Trek knockoff. And I wasn't really expecting too much out of it, so I just wrote it off as oh, this is just another ripoff show. 
Yeah, I'm like, were we watching something else when it came out? I don't know. I just don't think that we were in the the right headspace, mm-hmm. the right mindset. But we ended up watching that whole damn first season and second we're season. Caught we're all up. caught up in the second season. I know I'm there's only stressed like out because eight episodes I, left. Or eight episodes in the second season so far. I'm a I'm a Netflix binge watcher. Like I prefer the show to be on Netflix so I can visit it whenever I want to. And now I have to wait for Orville, and I'm not a happy camper about it. I kind of like it because there's it's a rare occurrence when the show will will want will get me excited for the That's next true. new episode to come out and and want to watch it right away. That's true. So it, it it's one of those shows that I don't know why I wrote it off, but the Orville is a fucking fantastic it's show. Funny. It's it's got this darker tone to it that I wasn't expecting. It's got really good writing there's some things like theoretically uh you know scientifically that there's some holes in stories like if this planet is so far out in the distance and it, it's it's it has no touch with uh with the the world we know yet they still call the doctors the same names they, they speak mm-hmm. english the same way we do there's well, a suspension there's a suspension of disbelief that you have to have in order for this show to work but i get really nitpicky i do too when it comes to this stuff but that's my biggest that's my biggest pet peeve with star trek is because they never addressed it and i think it's one of those things you just have to be like you know what we have to tell a story here we can't we can't, you know, go into each situation going, well, they speak this language, so we have to have translators for this and that. And there's so much of a disconnect. Like, there has to be some sort of way that you can have this story arc work out. And, well, and another one of the complaints that I had yeah, from it was was the 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 computer animation. It was it seemed to be pretty, like, campy it at got first. Better. But it really did. It did. It got the, the special effects got amazing in I'm season sure two. I'm sure it went from, hey, we can improve this if we improve this, and they got a bigger budget for season two. It yeah. makes total sense. Well, totally. And But and- one of the holes that you're talking about, they sort of fill in when they're like, yeah, but it's, it's called um, parallel uh, evolution. And it's a belief that um, sort of like a parallel universe, like they evolve almost the same as our planet. They might be at a different spot, but like there's these these spots of evolution that like they're gonna hit. And so it made sense. But I wish they would almost just throw in a little like blurb, like one of my favorite parts of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is one of those totally nerdy, sciencey, like Star Trekky, Star Warsy kind of shows. Sans the major war kind of anyway um they have a little thing that goes in your ear and it translates uh, yeah so if they just did something like that something quick like that like i think at some point somebody said something like on star trek basically the ship translates everything uh, for that them make, that makes sense. or whatever like but i just want them to address it Let's, sure i'm with you it does just that and that's fine and it but the storytelling is there and it, it mm-hmm. and the 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 character development is great. It's just a great show. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I knocked it so for so long, but it's just a good <laughs> show, and I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah. Uh, but that leads me to uh, what I've been told that I have to watch. That the it's the next big thing, and like, oh my gosh, this is this is good to be the this is the next new Daredevil. This is the next new exciting TV series, and it's called The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. And it did not grab me at first. The first two episodes just seemed really weak, and it just kind of seemed like uh, the writing is 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 just very childish. It's almost like a child's book brought to life. While although they do have a lot of really good action scenes, a lot of good violence, a lot of good stabbing and eyes being poked out and blow up explosions, all the stuff that you would expect out of out of a good violent show, but the actual substance to it, the the, the the story of, of eight kids that are actually 
they were born on the same day and they have special powers. Like, okay, fine. I'll go along with it. And then you start getting deeper into the season and they introduce the elements of time travel and uh, like a, a bigger plan, a bigger scheme, a committee of people that are kind of running the world and are um, making things happen throughout space and time to dictate um, how the human race goes from beginning to end. And like they have to have this apocalypse happen. It's kind of got me roped in at this point because of the oh. time travel angle. OK, stuff. so fair enough. But I'm going to I'm just going to say, you know what it reminds me of? What? It's like a cross between. um. Preacher. Okay. The and, AMC series. And Doctor Who. Okay. But not in the quality. I can't stand Luther. Mm. <laughs> Luther, is He's, that the guy that's like the big ape guy that's got the big shoulders? I was and, so mad. We got to the point where Luther finally was like, he was an asshole and discovers all of the spoilers. All of the. Yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't moon, seen the Unbreadable Cow. All of the moon Umbrella stuff. Academy. Okay, so Luther is And a then they go back in time, and he's back to the way he was. Let's go research it. Fucking shut up, Luther. I, I grant you, <laughs> your frustration towards Luther is, is warranted because I feel like he's one of the weaker characters on the show. I think number five, the guy who, who's like the time traveler, yeah, I like is the though. most interesting character yeah. out, of, out of all the kids. And, and especially, like, Ellen Page's character is just kind of like a pawn, I think. It's Ellen in the Page. Bigger, is that what I said? Yeah, I'm just saying it's Ellen Page. And she plays the same character in, in all of her, her roles, it seems like. Yeah, so, it's Ellen Page. I mean, what do you expect? She's a blank page. <laughs> she's kind of bland. And I just think she's kind of like a pawn and everything. And it'll be interesting to see if she plays a bigger role. Can we get that girl some, like, tinted moisturizer or something? Like, can we put a curling iron under her hair? Sure. We, like, a blow dryer. Give her a blow dryer and a round brush. If you say so. That's a girl see thing. See what happens. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, so as far as the whole series goes and all you people telling me that I have to see this show, I, I don't know if it's that go, you know, that great that you have to go run out and watch it and binge it all in one weekend. It's an okay show. And if you like this kind of stuff, that's weird and kind of out there. Yeah, you might, you, you might like it too, but it, it's a stretch for me to like it. And I'm kind of on the verge of liking it because of the time travel angle and this, the, the idea that there's this committee that's ruling the world and has oh. some sort of judgment over the human race. Throw a little American gods in there. Yeah, I, you know, I like, I kind of like that angle. Um, but that's no, cool. I kind of like it too. Like, I kind of was like, oh, right, maybe. But yeah, there's a lot of groan moments where it's like, okay, the writing is pretty weak here. Like, why do you, why is the guy, Klaus, the, the drug addict guy, why does he have to be so annoying? He, I like Klaus now, yeah, though. He's annoying. He's though. annoying. Yeah, but... But yeah. also human, more human than the others. That's true. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's so disconnected from reality because he's always high all the time. Because he's trying to drown out the voices. His power, which is he speaks to the dead. And it scares him. Oh, yeah, but he needs to... He's a nut up or shut up he, because he's annoying. He did, and then we went back in time. And he's annoying. Ugh. Yeah, everything resets when you go back in time, and then it all except for the over. person that went back in time. I'm, I really apologize to any of you that haven't Sorry. seen the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy at this point because everything that we've been talking about is is probably uh, just nonsense, and it's probably annoying to hear because, like, what does that mean? What the moon, Luther? You care too much about what people think. I do. 
But I also care about a good product, and That's, I'm just hoping I'm that people sorry, are I'm listening sorry. to this I'm broadcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, if they listen this far, then uh, I think we're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, overall, we had a really great vacation, and uh, we're glad to be back. And we've got a really a lot of good stuff coming up on the podcast uh, over the next few weeks. Um, I got some special guests that I have planned, uh, some people that we haven't heard from before. I've got a, uh, another episode that I'm going to be doing with uh, the Sac Spirit crew. We're actually going to be going on location uh, somewhere to an old um, uh, a military related uh, location that they're going to be uh, kind of featured to investigate because I want to make sure that it's safe for uh, tourism, which is all kind of like a little little teases here because I can't tell you too many details, but I will have some more details um, in the weeks to come because it's going to be happening at the end of this month. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Mrs. Brandon. For, thanks for letting me ramble and bitch about uh, Thanks for helping me recap the, the vacation. Always a blessing. It was a good vac- always, vacation. Always a good time. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week. Namaste, bitches. The Rad... Broadcast.